0: Welcome to the Grow Gelds Podcast, where we talk about ups and downs, ins and outs of fundraising for nonprofits. Our host is R. Green, CFRE, who specializes in communication, strategy, and donor relations. He's helped over 100 nonprofits raise millions of dollars. Every episode is designed to be 10 minutes or less, giving you just enough time to get the answers you need while juggling your busy schedule. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me today on my commute. Today's commute is a little longer than usual. We are not traveling through the rolling mountains of Northern Maryland and the hills of South Central Pennsylvania. Today we're actually traveling from the Garden State, State, New Jersey, all the way through Central Pennsylvania. So um, today's episode will be a little longer than usual. So uh, buckle up, but I want to take a moment and thank you for joining me and making my commute a little bit more palatable and enjoyable as we talk about the ups and downs, in and outs, bumps and bloopers of fundraising for nonprofits. A variety of topics here today. Now, first going to start off by saying that uh, today we're in the middle, we're in the beginning of the summer. And usually summer is a bad time to fundraise. It's a bad time actually for all business sales generally goes down during the summer months. But fundraising as well, um, that sales component to it usually is what's called, fundraisers call this period of time the summer slump. And uh, it doesn't pick back up until about back to school sales where we start thinking about schools and, and then that transitions into the end of the calendar year. And then it, and it continues picking up over there. So I would say somewhere late August, beginning of September is when the fundraising picks back up. Now, just because it picks back up, then doesn't mean that you have to wait until then. There's lots of stuff that you can do and you should do. First of all, you can make sure your CRM and your data is healthy and running great. Second thing you can do is prep for that time. And third thing you can do, is if you're ready and if you're able to ask... Your team is not uh, in summer mode themselves, this may be a good time for some people on your list to actually give now. And you can kind of get ahead of the curve by asking people now instead of asking later. So those are different things to think about as we navigate the summer slump of fundraising and sales um, really in the economy. Um, so that that's the first thing I wanted to mention. Speaking of the economy. Everyone's worried about inflation, about recession, and so forth. And there is a tremendous tendency to try to pull back and go into your hole, put the covers over your head, whatever metaphor is apt for you, and try to, you know, maybe this will blow over soon. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to go after the donors. I'm not going to show them the appreciation. I'm not. Gonna, I'm just going to. I'm just, just going to hope the whole thing blows over soon. This is precisely the wrong type of behavior to have. Even though we're in recession, even though we're in inflation, donors need to hear from you. If donors can't give, that's that's fine. We appreciate those who can and we appreciate those who did. And we look forward to a time when everyone is able to give as much as they can to, pro- to values and causes and pro- nonprofits that they care about. But I urge you not to use this as an opportunity to to slink back to cower back in fear and not have the courage to share your needs your vision your dreams your goals your growth with your partners and stakeholders and prospects this is even though there's these fears are out there those who have will still give they might give less but they'll still give and research shows that god willing at some point when this blows over and Things return to quasi-growth mindset instead of shrinking back mindset. Those people who have given less before will make up for it and more in spades. But those who stop giving entirely will stop giving entirely even when things come back. So you want to keep uh, a, a connection, you want to keep a commitment, you want to keep a relationship, you want to make sure things keep on going. So that's the second topic for today. The first topic was summer slump. The second topic was what to do in a case during a recession or through a recession. The third topic I want to talk about is something I call transactional fundraising. It means you're not really fundraising, you're not really showing anyone um, how they're making a difference in someone's life. You're selling car wash tickets, you're selling raffle tickets, you're selling uh, stadium tickets. It's more of a transactional, a gift item thing. You see some of these Nonprofits, you, know, you you give a you give a donation, you get a gift. All these types of transactional things, they're okay to do. The more transactional it is, the less fundraising it is. No one's gonna buy if you're selling uh, uh, cookies or car wash sale tickets. These people usually, generally, don't associate themselves with as a donor to that cause. They, they associate themselves, okay, they're going to get a ticket to wash their car, they going to get a box of cookies or whatever it is, but they don't associate themselves with the donor. So that gift that they give, that money that they give for that ticket, before, doesn't necessarily usually translate into good feelings, that hit of dopamine that a person gets when they give a donation or a gift to someone. It usually just fizzles away. And it's very difficult. The reason why it's discouraged in fundraising is because it's very difficult to build on, to capitalize on. It's very difficult to grow that to the next step. Someone, if you go to the store and buy yourself a Coke or soda of some sort, it's very difficult for that clerk to then solicit you for a donation, for a gift, for something. I'm just here for the Coke. Leave me alone. I'm not really here for, for um, you know, as a gift to help the store out. No, that's not what we, that's not why I come to the grocery store not to give the grocery store uh, gifts so it's more difficult than straight fundraising uh, donations gift donations that come just because they come um, okay I want to talk about and my next topic is why donors give and we discuss this in a, in a myriad of ways I want to just mention that uh, another way another perspective so that we can we can take that under advisement. One of the greatest novelties a person can have, especially children, is when they see these big, huge machines building something tremendously large—building uh, or a huge car or a truck. There's a tremendous fascination that people have. Sometimes you'd even find people clustered. By a construction site watching this huge skyscraper building going up and what is happening at its core is that people are are fascinated by the idea of wow look what people can build look how much bigger that thing is than the person who's actually building it we are fascinating as a as a race we are fascinated by the concept of being able to create something much larger, much bigger than yourself. And ultimately, that is exactly what impact is. Impact means you're creating something much larger than yourself. Everyone has their circle of influence. Everyone has their range of people that can affect and impact on certain levels. All of us and and, and. a variety of ways and in varying means, we help people in certain ways with certain uh, measures and, and 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 limited limitations of success. When you tell someone, you know there's a whole subset, there's a whole category of people who you're helping in a very very deep way, in a very transformative way. It's not you're not. It's not just what. You've helped give this person a new life, a new lease on life. This person is different today than they were before you were involved. That is very, very powerful and that gives, that motivates a person to keep doing what they're doing, keep being involved. Somebody came over to me up today and said, I want you to know something. I I listen to your podcast all the time and it is thanks to you that I have three months reserves in the account. It's thanks to you. I listen, I I, I, I I read your stuff, listen to your stuff, I take your classes. It is thanks to you. I felt like a million bucks. I felt like, wow, I have to make sure that this, that I keep doing what I'm doing. I have to make sure that this keeps happening. Because I, I want every nonprofit to have, to be able to say I have three, at least three months reserves in the bank. But you see, so... That's that's the next topic. That's that's this topic that we're talking about, which is donors want to hear how they were transformative in another person's life, in a circle beyond their normal circle of influence. That's something which you need to think about as you share stories and reports and data with donors. It's not just they didn't just help. The children they didn't just help the environment the animals the whales the students whatever whatever demographic you're dealing with this, this, donors didn't just help that they helped that they helped that area in a very transformative way and because of that there's a splash over effect there's a ripple effect they've helped other things as well it's not just the students it's, it's not just the children it's the children's siblings and ultimately the parents it's not just families it's not just the environment but it's also all the wildlife that's found in that environment it's not just and share that share that bigger than normal bigger than usual bigger than self experience with your donors and show them how they made an impact in that so that's uh that topic there's three more topics here what you're going to talk about but i think it's actually two just two more topics we're going to talk about we're uh, about 11 minutes in, so this is a little bit longer than usual, but it's not that much longer. The next thing I'm going to talk about is um, approaches to fundraising, and I've gotten this a couple of times now. Uh, people call me up and say, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. How do you know that your way is the right way? How do we know that? Isn't there more than one approach? Isn't as they say, isn't there more than one way to skin a cat, which is, by the way, it's a horrible expression. Why are we skinning cats? But I digress. Isn't there more than one way to get the job done? Why do you why do you say why why is your way the best? And I, I was I'm always taken aback when I hear this because I don't know if I have one way that I share with people that they should do. I always say that depending on the circumstances, depending on the nonprofit, depending on your audience, depending on a demographic, that depends on how you make your case and how you make your ask and how you steward the donor and how you report to the donor. So I don't know if there is one way that I say it has to be this way and not any other way. I'm always taking my, for some reason people, some people say that there's a GroGelt way of raising funds and if there was a GrowGeld way of raising funds i'm assuming I, if i had to summarize what's the GroGeld approach the GroGeld approach would be number one is to remember that you this is not about you that's number one. This is not about you. You're not asking for yourself. You're not reporting about things that you've done. This is not about your vision. This is not about your dream. This is about helping other people. And when you realize this, and when you and when you put this throughout your communications and your solicitation and your thanks, you're constantly sharing the need of others. It's not about how much money you need. It's about the community needs, the community that you serve their needs, and how how we're going to address that. It's not about all the stuff that you've done. Look at this, we've done this, 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 and we want to do something else. Not about that. It's about look at what you, the donor, is doing with your gifts and how you are transforming someone's life. That's what it's about. It's not so it's never about you, the organization, you, the nonprofit. It is always about you, the donor, and or you. The needs that the people that you're serving has. That really would be, in a nutshell, the Grogeld approach that I that I um, I continue to to preach about. And, and I think I do think that that's the only way to fundraise. I do think that there is that there is no other way to fundraise except for that. If you continually talk about yourself, it's all, if it's always about you. Then people will be less inclined to give you. They'll be less inclined to give you again. They'll be, they don't they won't understand the need. If they don't understand the need. They'll they will give you less. And it's not like you'll have nothing. You could raise some funds this way, but I don't think. This is proper fundraising. I do think the only way of raising funds is the way I've described it. There are some other elements as well in there. Um, we need to have transparency, which means we have to understand where the money is going. We have to we have to clear understanding of, of your books, what the needs are, clear understanding of, of how to report that, and a clear understanding of a metric of success. What do your donors care about so you can report to them properly um, the things that they care about? Those are other elements as well. But those kind of all back up the main element, which is it's not about you, the organization. It is about you, the donor, and it is about you, the needs of your community. So that's that's um, about that. The last and final topic is about CRM. CRMs. Everyone loves to hate their CRM. Everyone hates to love their CRM. There's a there's a I call it a honeymoon phase where you you get a CRM, you're so excited. Look at all the wonderful things it's going to do. Your your life is going to be so much better now. The efficiencies and automations, it's going to be it's going to be beautiful. You're never going to forget another donor again. And then when you try using the CRM. The system and the ways that it's advertised, and the way that you hope to be able to use it for the emails, for the donor tracking, for for the, the various demographics of the people that you serve, and the, the, when you start doing that, all of a sudden, it just it can't do exactly what you thought it would do. There's still a little bit more manual uh, things you have to do. It's not gonna, and that kind of that kind of drawback makes it makes a lot of CRMs useless. A CRM has to be easy for information to flow in and easy for the right information to flow out. And if it's not easy in both those directions, you really need to figure out a way to make it easy. Um, and sometimes the answer is finding a CRM. Sometimes the answer, finding a different one. And sometimes the answer is understanding what the various tools there are out there so you can utilize the right tool for the right need for you. Um, I, I know some people, even though their CRM comes with an email engine, an email option, they can email donors and so forth. But the email system is really not up to par compared to the other big name email systems that are out there. I'm talking, I'm looking at Mailchimp and Constant Contact and Active Campaign and a bunch of others. So. What people what some people like to do is they have their crm as the space where all data flows to but they also make sure that the data flows to the proper email platform so they can use that platform as well for various progr- programmatic um, and donor communications um, and the same thing for other automations. Sometimes a the CRM has a, a form option that you can put on your website for reservations or for donations, where it can automatically bring the people into your CRM and tag them appropriately, the right, put them in the proper lists and assign proper tags to them. But the, sometimes the form has a lot to be desired. Or the form is, is 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 not such a great form. So, so, again you might want to look into a different form system and create a way for that other form system, which does do all the things that you want to to do, for it to talk to your CRM and to talk to your email platform so that all the information is captured, but also you're able to use the tools that you need in order to do the things that you need to do that's that's it for today those are the various topics the topics again were the summer slump and fundraising transactional fundraising how a donor wants to always have a greater impact than normal how there's more than one way to fundraise and all about the crm um i hope this has been helpful and in some way regardless i want to thank you for keeping me company on this Commute from the Garden State of New Jersey all the way to the hills of Central Pennsylvania. And thank you for doing what you do each and every day to make the world a lighter and brighter place. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Grove Gelt Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you think a friend may enjoy it, please feel free to pass it on. To have your question featured on the show or to send us some feedback as to how we're doing, please send an email to egreen at growgelt.com.